You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So we once again delve back into the quarterback situation. It's clear that uh, Trevor Simeon is going to be the starting quarterback Saturday night in that preseason game number three against the Rams. I believe that he will play with the first-team guys, and there might not be anybody else who does. I think Trevor Simeon may very well be the guy who plays as long as the first-team offense plays, which probably will be about a half. Um, you know, you've got to take a look at, I think if you're Gary Kubiak, again, we've talked about this before, who's going to be your backup quarterback. It looks like Mark Sanchez has that role right now. But Kubiak has been, um, he's sort of gone out of his way this week to praise Paxton Lynch in terms of how fast his progress has been. So I don't think that's a done deal. I think Sanchez would be the leader uh, in the clubhouse, so to speak, right now in terms of the backup quarterback. But I don't necessarily believe that they have absolutely made up their mind. Yeah, we have uh, some sound uh, to that point. And give the Denver media credit. They haven't let up on asking Gary Kubiak when, when is he going to make the decision? Has he made that Why decision? Why do they need credit for that? Well, they, they could just take him at his word and say, okay, we'll see what happens when the game rolls around. And somebody's going to go in second after Trevor Simeon. But even, you know, as late as yesterday, our last media, media availability talking to Gary Kubiak, he was asked, have you made up the... I mean, I mean, we're part of the media, right? Sure. But this is the dumbest thing, really, that I can think of in the last decade in terms of how much emphasis and how much time we put on who's going to be the backup quarterback. I would challenge, including us... Name the other backup quarterbacks of the other 32 NFL teams. Well, other than Dak Prescott, who we, we, we saw Dave get, him, right? We, got, we, we saw him get thrust into, a, into action when Tony Romo goes down. But, yeah, look, I think we're looking for a story, and it looks like Trevor Simeon is going to be the starter, so now the story becomes who comes in second. And Gary Kubiak, at least as of yesterday, had yet to divulge that. Take a look at how long I'm going to play the starters, and then it has to do with what I'm going to do with those other guys, you know. So we'll see Trevor – you know, I was uh, conscious to Trevor for the last two days. Is he ready to play his full load and go? Sure looks that way to me. So I, need, I want him to play a lot of football, so I'll go from there. So Gary Kubiak making no mention in terms of who the backup quarterback will be. And again, I think if you, you, you almost have to read between the lines, which drives me a little bit crazy. But I think Sanchez right now is the backup quarterback. But I think Paxton Lynch has, has closed the gap. I think Paxton Lynch, Gary, Gary talked about, his ability in practice to play both the scout team quarterback, which means you have to emulate what the Rams are doing for eight plays. Then you come back and you're the Broncos quarterback for eight plays. That, that, uh, that will test a rookie in terms of his ability to pick everything up. I think they have been pleasantly pleased and maybe a little bit surprised with how quickly Paxton Lynch has been able to jump into this playbook and then put what he – understands to practice on the field. I think they've liked his progress. I'm very excited about the progress he's made. I, we knew we had ground to make up. We knew we had a ton of talent, but he's really adapted to under center. He's making the calls and stuff. He's better. You know, what he had to do this week, run the Rams offense and then get in there and run ours, that's hard to do. And he really had a good week of practice. I think he's very confident in what he's doing. And and maybe it's credit to John Elway because as quickly as we would listen after they drafted Paxton Lynch and he started getting in here, whether it was with the rookie, the three days of rookie minicamp and then into regular OTAs and veteran minicamp, John Elway's been saying Paxton Lynch is going to be ready sooner than maybe a lot of people expect or a lot of people think. 
And if that ends up being the case, then John Elway, who's been a pretty darn good GM slash EVP of football ops in his five years here with five straight division crowns, two Super Bowl appearances, and a Super Bowl championship, a guy who knows quarterbacks, if he can get a redo with Brock uh, moving on and Paxton Lynch really becomes the guy, then hats off to John Elway once again. I think it's pretty clear that John and Gary both know what they want in a quarterback. And I think what we're experiencing the last seven days or so from training camp and then training camp ending and the continuous questions from us about the quarterback situation, part of the answers that we are getting from the Broncos I think part of those answers are about how they have or how they feel about Mark Sanchez at this point. I mean, Sanchez is, I, I think, a quality backup guy. He's, he's shown an ability to play good football at times, but he's made too many mistakes. And they have, they have seen these mistakes in practice. They've seen some of the decisions that he's made that they haven't particularly liked. And so I think for an eight-year guy, I think they've come to the conclusion, at least temporarily, isn't everything temporary in the NFL? that Mark Sanchez may have hit his ceiling. Maybe we've seen the best of Mark Sanchez. And now you have to wonder, if you're the staff there, is the best of Mark Sanchez good enough to be the backup quarterback right now for Trevor Simeon? Or, as Paxton Lynch continues to progress, might we feel comfortable with him, and we've talked about this all week, as the number two quarterback? Again, they've got to be sure that Paxton Lynch, if he's that guy, do we feel com- comfortable enough that in the third quarter of the Carolina game or the second quarter of the Indianapolis game, uh, he could come in and run this offense and we would still have a very good chance to win? I think Paxton Lynch excites the fans, right? The hope, the raw talent, right? Trevor Simeon, there's some, they like what they see, but then the pick six to Eric Reed, okay, fine. But Paxton Lynch is a number one pick, so you think, okay, his ceiling is higher than whatever Trevor Simeon's is. I'm not saying that's true, I'm just saying the way most fans will probably look at it. But it does feel like if they let Mark go because they like Trevor and they like Paxton and Paxton were to get in, that it can be an inspiring choice to fans. I don't know about to the locker room, and that's obviously the well, biggest. See, it doesn't matter if it's an inspiring yeah, choice to fans. Of course. Tim Tebow was an inspiring choice to fans. Um, and, look, he won games and won a playoff game. But I, I am curious, does the team rally around the young guy if he were thrust into action because of injury or because he – were to beat out Trevor Simeon at some point during the year. The, the, the team will rally around whomever is the guy that can help them win. The team, honestly, I mean, you may have some individual guys that like this guy or like that guy or this guy throws the ball better. I can tell you this, offensive linemen don't care. Defense cares only in terms of can this guy, whomever it is, lead the offense down and put a few points on the board so we don't have to try to win games 13-10 to 10 because there were a few of those last year. But I, I think in terms of rallying around, I, listen, if Mark Sanchez is the backup quarterback and something unfortunately happens to Trevor Simeon in the first week, and Mark Sanchez comes in and plays well, and the Broncos find a way as an underdog at home, by the way, to beat the Carolina Panthers, everybody in that locker room is going to rally around Mark Sanchez. They will. If it's Paxton Lynch, same thing. I don't think they care who it is as long as that guy at quarterback can help them win. All right, and speaking of guys in the locker room liking certain guys, C.J. Anderson spoke to us yesterday, and let me give you the backstory on it. So what happens is these guys come off the field, Gary Kubiak, Wade Phillips talk, and during that time the players are lifting for the most part. A couple are getting treatment, but they go in and lift for 20, 30, 40 minutes. So they all come out. And they all make a beeline rather than coming towards us and the rest of, you know, into the facility where the locker room is. They go to the, the third practice field. 
except for C.J. Anderson and Virgil Green. I don't know what Virgil was doing. <laughs> but C.J. Anderson comes over and he's like, hey, everybody, I want to talk to you. Everybody, don't look at what's going on over there. Come talk to me. No cameras. None of y'all looking over there. And it was obvious something was going on, right? Were they going to go mess with somebody, whatever? Well, it turns out there was a race between Shane Ray and DeMarcus Ware, a 30-yard dash with a controversial finish. Now, C.J. Anderson simultaneously did conduct a press conference and gave five, six, seven minutes like he normally would. A couple times people tried to look over there, and he would stop and say, hey, quit looking over there. Keep talking to me. We're friends. Let's, go, let's keep talking. But in the course of that, he was very complimentary of Trevor Simeon. So we've got a couple pieces of sound here from CJ, and the first is just what he thinks about the second-year signal caller. I thought everything was good, you know, other than the pick six. So, you know, just cut the turnover and everything else would be fine. I think he makes good decisions with the football. He gets us in and out of the huddle. You know, he's calm and composed. I mean, if we can keep him on his feet and protect him, um, I'm pretty sure you guys seen it enough. He has an arm, so it's all around. I think, again, when you hear C.J. Anderson's comments, uh, they reflect a veteran player. And when asked about a particular position, uh, position, especially a quarterback, and especially that position with a bunch of new guys, I mean, he's going to say positive things about all of them. Uh, C.J. Anderson, in that uh, particular interview, went on to talk about Trevor Simeon uh, as a leader and sort of what the young quarterback out of Northwestern brings to this team. He's just so calm. It's just something about him. He's just calm and composed. He, you know, he doesn't get riled up. Nothing really gets to him, you know. And when you have someone, when you see somebody like that with that confidence, you look at him, even though he doesn't have an NFL snap under him, when you look at him, you go, it's just something about that kid that makes you want to go play for him. I think, Bronco, I think Broncos fans are hoping that uh, Trevor Simeon turns out to be a great leader. Uh, C.J. Anderson's had the best camp of his pro career. He's the, as they like to say, the bell cow back now for the Broncos there are many people and I would be in this category as well that feel like if he just stays healthy C.J. Anderson can rush for 1500 yards in this offense well and I asked him if he's carried the ball enough because after he scored that touchdown last Saturday against the Niners it was one of those well okay I've seen enough from him now I want to see Devontae Booker a little more and I want to see Ronnie Hillman and Capri Bibbs battling for that final spot we think I mean they maybe keep all of them right and C.J. said he wants to carry the ball as much as they want to give it to him he wants the work and I think he had said that early on going into the games uh, before the Bears game even, that he wants the work. But he looks really good to me, and it's sort of – as we look at the, the Rams coming in and not knowing exactly how much we'll see Todd Gurley, if you're watching him on hard knocks, you know that they want to protect Todd Gurley. I don't think C.J. Anderson needs that many carries. He made it sound like he did. And he did also tip his hat – not his hat, Gary Kubiak's hat a little bit – that they're probably going to run a little bit more of their offense – but that they're still going to air the ball out as they're settling this quarterback competition. I think we're going to play the game we need to play. Um, do I still think we're going to go throw the ball to you know figure out the quarterback situation? Yes. But um, like I said, when we do get our runs, you know, myself, Book, Ronnie, Capri, we just got to hit our spots and go. So that's what we've been doing. And we just want to take that next step in our room. So C.J. Anderson talking about uh, the number of carries. Uh, again, I think he's a guy that when it's all said and done in the, in the qualifier on my part would be if he stays healthy, relatively healthy, not completely healthy because no back will be able to do that uh, in the NFL. But I think he's a 1,350 to 1,500-yard season guy. And if that's the case, this Broncos offense will be much, much better. By the way, you teased people with the race between DeMarcus Ware and Shane Ray. Who won the race? It depends on who you ask. DeMarcus Ware. Well, I'm asking you. DeMar we couldn't see it. DeMarcus Ware seemed to have So, in other words, you're, you're, you're looking at C.J. Anderson, and he's telling you not to look over, and we're you all don't looking, look over. But they were far enough away, and there's too many cars in the way that we couldn't actually see who won. But DeMarcus Ware, by the way, 
it's breaking it news like. on my part, DeMarcus Ware won yeah. by two steps. Yeah, Shane Ray tried to claim that he also won, and I don't know if, there, if anyone had a phone out because they came straight from yeah. the weight room. Well, if, 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 if finishing second constitutes a win, then he then won. He won. Well, okay, so finally, as CJ talked about the offense and what they're going to expect against the Rams, kind of quick overall, what do we think we'll see Saturday night? I do think you're going to see the Broncos run a little bit more. Listen, they've thrown the ball in the first two preseason games more than any other NFL team. That is not their recipe for success. This is a run-first team. This is a play-pass team. This is a control the line of scrimmage with a big offensive line and pound a defense and force a defense to bring down safety so that they can get the favorable matchups outside with both Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. So I think you'll see a lot of the running game. I think you'll see Gary sort of go out of his way to protect those quarterbacks against this defense. This is I mean, the, the box, as we like to call it. The front seven of the Rams' defense is probably one of the – four, five, five or six best fronts in all of football. So if those first-team guys are playing, you and I talked this week about how uh, aggressive will, uh, will the Rams be defensively. We don't know. But if they want to come after them, I mean, the one way to sort of control how aggressive a defense can be is to run the ball. So I, I expect Gary to take a good long look at the running game. I also think in the back of his mind, uh, you know, he's going to get in double tight end sets and make sure that he controls that blitz package from Jeff Fisher just in case the Rams decide to get really aggressive. All right, the final thing that I wanted to touch on is fantasy football because we have a great podcast, the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. Of course, we want you to subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast, all the great podcasts we have. But if you're looking at the Broncos and their fantasy football potential stats, Dave mentioned 1,350 to 1,500 yards is realistic for C.J. Anderson. He's a first, second-round type fantasy pick. I know he was a year ago and didn't necessarily live up to that in the first half of the year. He certainly did in the second half of the year. I think Demarius Thomas has 100-plus catches again. I think Emmanuel Sanders is around 80 catches, especially in a contract year. I don't know if whomever the starter is, and we think it's going to be Trevor Simeon, I don't know if he's going to put up all-world numbers, but in this day and age, an NFL quarterback still throws for almost 4,000 yards, and he'll have whomever it is. He'll have 25 to 30 touchdowns, and you hope it's not too many interceptions and then one sleeper who's a name that most Broncos fans have known for a long time but he's just going to catch the ball a lot more than he ever has is Virgil Green I don't know if he's a true number one tight end but he's definitely worth a mid to late round pick as your backup tight end and plug and play when he has a good matchup again he's Dave Logan I'm Brandon Cristal enjoy preseason game number three and we'll catch you next time on the Locked on Broncos podcast